Yo, 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 good afternoon and happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to episode 181 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your gracious and humble host, Gabe, and thank you again for listening. Big sports weekend coming up as we'll do a recap of last night's um, Thursday night football game between the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. And I'll give you what I believe are the best games of week four in the NFL, my takes, analysis, and predictions, along with what I believe are the best games of week five in college football, the same. Takes analysis and predictions. And we got some NBA news. Damian Lillard is finally out of Portland. I'll give you my thoughts on what I, about his um, trade to the Milwaukee Bucks. And I'll close with boxing for the um, undisputed super middleweight championship as... Um, Canelo Alvarez defends his title against Jamal Chalo coming up on the other side. Stay tuned. All right. Now, without further ado, let's get episode 181 started. I usually start my opening takes in the NFL, but I'm going to start with the NBA as there's some big news coming out of the NBA over the past couple of days. It's Damian Lillard. All I can say is finally, Dame Lillard has finally left Portland. Well, he didn't actually leave. He was traded. He finally got his wish and got traded out of Portland. But But the thing is, he didn't get traded to the destination he requested. He requested to go to the Miami Heat. Instead, they decided to send him to the Milwaukee Bucks in a three-team trade. So here's, so here's how it went down. The Milwaukee Bucks got Damian Lillard. The other team that got involved was the Phoenix Suns. They got Grayson Allen, Keon Johnson, Nassau Little, Joseph Newcock, if I said that wrong, my, my apologies. Portland got center DeAndre Aiden to, to Mammy Kamara. They got in a 2028 unprotected swap rights, a 2029 unprotected first round pick, and a 2030 unprotected swap rights. So, here are my takes on this. Now, this this is going to make them pretty formidable offensively. Everybody knows what Dame Lillard can do. Teaming up with Giannis, this is this is going to be huge. I imagine running running those pick and roll screens, and then of course when the game's on the line, this is going to be Dame time. We all know what Dame can do in the clutch. I mean, he's one of the one of the, one of the deadliest shooters in NBA history. I'll probably put Steph Curry ahead of him on that front. Then, of course, you're also going to have Chris Middleton. So you have a big three in Milwaukee. You have Giannis. You have Damian Lillard. And you have Chris Middleton. But, of course, there is one con that I think that could possibly hurt in this accusation. In the acquisition. Drew Holiday, the point guard for the Bucks, will not will no longer be there. 
I mean, he's there right now, but they're going to be looking to trade him because obviously they can't afford to keep him with the acquisition of Dame Lillard. What this does is, yeah, offensively, they're going to be pretty, they're going to be pretty formidable. Defensively, it might take a step back because Drew Holiday is a better defensive player than Dame Lillard. Drew Holiday can be counted on to guard some of the, I mean, guard some of the best um, point guards and two-way guards in the NBA. Dame Lillard's not known as a great defensive player. So they're going to take a step back defensively. So what that means is Giannis is going to have to be the be-all and end-all on the defensive front. But let's also look at this in another way. Giannis is the reason Dame Lillard is in Milwaukee. If you listen to um, Giannis, I think a few months back, even though he said he'd be loyal to the Bucks, but he also said that if the Bucks want to compete for championships, he doesn't want to stay. He's not going to want to stay there. He's going to want out. And you know what that means? You know, a lot of the NBA will be looking at the Milwaukee Bucks to see if they can get Giannis services. But now that they got Dame Lillard, this should keep him there for a little while longer. Of course, with the Phoenix Suns, I mean, they, I mean, this improves them just a little bit because, I mean, they really need a bench. Yeah, they got um, Kevin Durant. Yeah, they got um, Bradley Beal. They got... Um, Oh boy, what's his, what's his name? Um, Devin Booker. But maybe these, maybe a couple of these guys like Grayson Allen and um, center um, Joseph um, Newcock could help them on the bench because Phoenix ain't going nowhere if they if they don't have a, at least a bench to support them. And for the Portland Trail Blazers, this is basically you know them. You know, rebuilding off the young talent that they have right now. But the Bucks are one of the favorites to win the NBA title. And probably one of the favorites in the East, along with Boston and Philadelphia. So it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty exciting to see, you know, Giannis and Dame Lillard this one-two punch on the NBA on the NBA this season. Now let's move on to the NFL. We're going to first start off with a recap of Thursday night's football game between the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. The Detroit Lions won this game pretty soundly, 34-20. to They basically dominated this game throughout, particularly in the first half. Jared Goff who at least is good for one interception a game. After his first interception, the Detroit offense was, was pretty efficient. But really, it was the defense that I believe won this game. The defense was all over Jordan Love. I mean, they basically, he, I mean, first half, he could barely breathe without the Detroit Lion defense on top of him. I mean, they sacked him five times in this one. Even though it was, it, it almost looked like Detroit, um, Green Bay was making a, a small comeback, but then 
the clinching. Detroit went on a on a drive in the fourth quarter and clinched it with a touchdown, which sealed the faith of the Packers. Jared Goff, 19 of 28, 210 yards, one TD, one interception. As, as I said, he's good for at least one. But David Montgomery has made dividends for the Detroit Lions coming from Chicago. He had 121 yards, 32 carries, three touchdowns. Jamar Gibbs, 40 yards rushing. Josh Reynolds, 69 yards. Sam Laporta, 56 yards. Amon Ross St. Brown, 56 yards. On the Packers side, Jordan Love had 246 yards on 23 of 36 passing. One touchdown, two interceptions. They got nothing in the running game. It's like Aaron Jones and um, A.J. Dillon just didn't show up. I mean, Aaron Jones had 18 yards. A.J. Dillon, 11 yards. As a team, they only rushed for 27 yards. Now, that's not, that's a terrible sign right there. I mean, Matt LaFleur, who's, who comes from the Shanahan tree, and this is all they can produce in the running game? Of course, Romeo um, Dobbs had 95 yards receiving. Jaden Reed, 55 yards. Christian Watson made his debut, had 25 yards only. But for the, for the Lions, this, this is a good win. Not only this is a this is a big time win. This is a big time win against a division foe. Obviously, the Lions seem to be slowly changing the narrative about them because they're now three and one, and it, it don't look like we're going to see the same old Lions. As you got to give kudos to Dan Campbell for putting this team together over the last couple of years, and it looked like it has now paid dividends. As for the Green Bay Packers, they got there's some questions here. I mean, Jordan Love, I mean, didn't look didn't didn't look okay. But he's got to stop turning the ball over. But the running game really let him down. So they're basically a one-dimensional team. And if I'm and if I'm an opponent playing the Green Bay Packers, this would this would this would be the game to watch. Just stop Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Make Jordan Love beat you. And obviously last, last night he, he, he proved he couldn't do so. The Packers are 2-2, two and two, so, you know, all is not lost. But we need to see some improvements in the running game to help Jordan Love succeed. Now let's move on to week four Sunday. Give you what I believe are the best games in the NFL, but we got to start with one of the one of the, a big one in the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills taking on the Miami Dolphins. Now Buffalo, after losing their first game of the season to the New York Jets, have riled off two in a row in, in convincing um, fashion. The Miami Dolphins, of course, impressive three and zero, including putting up seventy points last week and a fifty point blowout of the Denver Broncos. Now this 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 matchup could determine who um gets an early lead in the um 
AFC East. Now, of course, Miami with their explosive offense is actually playing a different defense than last week. Because Buffalo, de- Buffalo has a pretty good defense, and it got some good, some good um, corners back there. You know, uh, Michael Hyatt and Javarius White. They're going to be tested against um, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. But that secondary needs help up front. So it's going to be up to the pass rushers to get the um, Tua Tonga Baloa. Also. On the offensive side of the ball, Buffalo needs to have some big, some long drives. And that includes Josh Allen even running the ball some. I ain't saying you should need a lead in Russia in this one, but he does need to run the ball some. I mean, they need to control the clock, time of possession. Keep two in that offense sitting and keep your defense fresh. So they need to use James Cook in the running game. You know, get the ball to, get the ball to Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs and Dawson Knox. But this game's gonna be pretty close. I mean, like I say, I don't don't expect the um, Dolphins to put up 70 points in this one. But I do ex- but I think I trust them a little bit better than I do Josh Allen. I mean, yes, they were they they they've won the last two games, but they beat teams they were they were supposed to beat the Washington Commanders and the Raiders. So I'm gonna go to Miami to win this game in the end. I think on a game-winning field goal, actually. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Dolphins to win this game 31 to 29. Now let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, the, Cav- the, um, Brown- the Browns came up with an impressive win last week. And now they may have a chance to possibly take the lead in the AFC North. Yeah, that's right. Because this is their second division game. They beat, they, they beat the um, Cincinnati Bengals first game of the season. So they're 1-0 in the division. Well, actually, I take that back. That's incorrect. Um, they're actually 1-1 in the division. Because they did lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers in week two. But still, they have a chance to be two and one in the division if they can get a win over the Baltimore Ravens. Now, the Ravens last week lost, lost a head scratcher to the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colts on a field goal toward the end. Deshaun Watson looked like the Deshaun Watson that we're used to seeing. Now it's gonna be now the question is, can this offensive line keep him upright so he can beat at Deshaun Watson? You know, Jermaine Ford and um Kareem Hunt's gonna definitely need to run the ball effectively. So it's gonna be up, up to the offensive line to only create holes for these running backs. But to give Deshaun Watson time to get the ball to his playmakers on, on, on offense. Amari Cooper. And Elijah Moore. For Balt for Baltimore, they need to be they need to be more efficient offensively. I mean, they obviously wasn't sharp last week against the Col- against the Colts. So hopefully, um, for them, Odell Beckham Jr. will be back for them this week. 
I mean, I don't, I don't know his, I don't know his stats, but of course, Zay Flowers has been, has been balling out. So they're going to, but still, Lamar Jackson needs help in the running game as well. Because the Cleveland Browns are playing good defense. So don't, I wouldn't sleep on Miles Garrett in this defense. I think this will be a close game. I think both, I think this, this, will, this will go down to, this will come down to the play of Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. I'll be honest, I'm having a hard time picking a winner in this one, but I'm going to go ahead and give it a shot. I think I'm gonna. I, I think I'm gonna go with the the Baltimore Ravens to win this one very closely, by like one point. I'm gonna go with Bre- the, the Baltimore Ravens to win this game, twenty-seven to twenty-six. Now let's move on to my the ball. I mean the the Bengals versus the Titans. Both of these teams are one and two right now. And both these teams are looking to get their um, seasons on track. And they're going to need so and do so with a victory today. The Bengals avoided an 0-3 start with a Monday night win over the Rams. Now, of course, the big question is going to be, how healthy is Joe Burrow? Is Joe Burrow good, um, good enough to play and play effectively? Jamar Chase finally came to the 2023 season with a big game last week. And of course, you know, Joe Mixon has been pretty consistent. For the Titans, last week, they got nothing out of, J- out of um, Derrick Henry. I mean, I think he only had like, what, 20 yards last week? So they're going to, Derrick Henry's going to have to um, be up be upright. But of course, his offensive line needs to open up the holes for him. And Tannehill needs to make the play, need to make plays. Of course, some bad news for the for the um, Titans. Um, Traylon Burke, one of their wide receivers, is out for this game, so it's going to be up to DeAndre Hopkins to be um, all-world wide receiver for the um, Titans. Right now, I don't trust the Titans. I mean. Yeah, Joe Burrow is hobbling, but Joe Burrow is is, is, is going to be there, and Joe Burrow is going to play through the pain. I think the sense. I think right now Cincinnati is on the verge of coming up, and I think they they win their second game in a row. So I'm going to go with the Bengals to win this game by about seven. I'm going to go with the Bengals to win this game, 27 to 20. Now let's go to the Cardinals versus my San Francisco 49ers. Is this a trap game? It can, it could be if they're not careful. Because we all we saw the Cardinals, how they took it to the Cowboys last week and won by double digits. How Joshua Dobbs and company, you know, came out there and ran through this uh this this top rank. Dallas defense. They had over 200 yards rushing. And they they added to the woes of the Dallas Cowboys defense. I mean offense in the red zone. 
even as, even as far as picking off Dak Prescott. So for my 49ers, they got the Cowboys next week. And we I, I think Coach Kyle Shanahan and company know that they, that they need to go in here and handle the Cardinals. Because this is an important game. Because this is a division game. And division games, you never know how they can go. Of course, the one the, the, the one negative could be Debo Samuel. Right now, he's questionable for this game with rib and knee injury. Brandon Ayuk, of course, is back 100%. Jawan Jennings maybe, maybe looks doubtful. Usually when it means doubtful, that means you're not playing. So, either way, I think my Niners know what they need to do. They know they they need to slow down the running game of the Cardinals, make Joshua Dobbs beat them with their arm. And of course, offensively, just do what we've been doing. So, I look for my Niners not to take the Cardinals lightly, to go in there and handle business. And I think in the second half, I think that's when things are going to get a little are, are going to get a little ugly. So I look for my Niners, maybe maybe a close first, maybe a little close in the first half, but I think they 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 take over in the second half and blow this game open. So I'm going to go with my Niners to win this game, 34 to 20. Now that's it for the um, NFL segment. Now let's move to college football. We got a couple of good games once again in college football. So I'm going to start with the big one. Colorado versus USC. Now it's going to be interesting to see what Colo- how Colorado is going to look after that beatdown they took last week at the hands of the Oregon Ducks. And you and USC is pretty formal itself. They got they got some they got some riders on this team as well. I mean it starts with the quarterback, Khalid Williams. And of course, you know, it's it also they have a, have a strong running game with um Marshawn Lloyd, wide receiver at Tahar Washington, and also they also have Brandon Rice, who's the son of the GOAT, Jerry Rice. It's going to be interesting to see if Shiloh Sanders and Brandon Rice, you know, be, be on the field together on the opposite sides of each other. It'll be like the old days with Deion Sanders and Jerry Rice. For Colorado to bounce back and pull off the upset, they can't let what happened last week occur. In other words, the offensive line needs to help Shadar Shador Sanders. Because last week, he was running for his life. And defensively, they got to tighten up in the tre- in, in, on, the, on, the, on the front seven. Because last week, they lost this game in the trenches. Both on the offensive line and the defensive line. If they, if, if they allow Khalib Williams and USC to get off to a three touchdown lead, then it'll be deja vu all over again. 
I think because of the pride of the um, of Colorado and D- and Coach Prime, I don't think they're gonna get beat like that. But I think they're gonna get beat pretty soundly. I'm gonna go with USC to win this game, 37 to 13. Now let's move on to Texas versus Kansas. Texas right now is one of, probably one of college football's complete teams. I mean, they're good on both sides of the ball. And next week is the Red River Shootout. So for Texas, if they're smart, they go. They better go ahead and handle Kansas, and not and, and not and not look ahead to the Red River Shootout. But Kansas is now is, is number 24 in the country. And they're undefeated as well. And they can put up and they can put up some yards and some points. So for Texas, they, they just, just keep doing what they've been doing that's gotten them thus far. You know, just be balanced on both sides of the ball. I think I think Kansas they'll hang in they'll hang in there for a half, but I think Texas will ultimately take over and pull away in the second half. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Texas to win this game, 41 to 21. And we got another big matchup here in college football. We have Ole Miss versus LSU. That's right. We got um, these two teams are going to be battling for the um, for a shot at the um, SEC West title. That portion of the um, of the um, SEC. Last week, Ole Miss lost to an to an Alabama team with quarterback issues. LSU since the first game versus Florida State, they've been playing some good ball. I mean, Jaden Daniels has been playing some some good some good quarterback. And now, of course, he, and, and they've been, been running the ball pretty good as well with Logan Diggs. And receiving wise, you know, Malik Neighbors and um, Brian Thomas Jr. They've been they've, they've, they've been playing good at the wide receiver position, so they've given. They've, they've helped giving Jalen Daniels some balance because he was a little shaky there in that first game versus Florida State. So, as for as for um, Ole Miss, will they be able to bounce? Could they bounce back against um after that loss to Alabama? I mean, they got good players now, um, Ole Miss, and of course they're at home. But I don't trust them. I mean, they had a chance. They had, they had a chance last week to knock Alabama off. I mean, Alabama. This is the time to get them. Get them now. So 
So if LSU wins this game, they'll be 3-0 and in the conference. And, of course, they still got Alabama to play, along with Texas, Texas A&M, Auburn, Arkansas, and I didn't even know Ole Miss. So for, for Ole Miss, if they want to at least stay competitive, they got to win this game. But I don't think they're going to. Like I say, I don't trust them after what after after last week. So I'm gonna go with LSU to continue doing what they're doing. Continue to Jalen Daniels to have a big game versus um Ole Miss. So while I think it'll be it'll be tough, a tough game for them, they'll win this game, I think 24-21. And finally, let's go to Duke versus Notre Dame. There's going to be questions about Notre Dame if they lose this game against Duke. Now, who, who could imagine us talking about Duke, Blue Devils, du- I mean, during this time of the year? Usually, we wait till like next year when we're talking about them as far as basketball goes. But right now, they, they, they have a chance to compete in the ACC. I mean, Clemson's out of it. Florida State and Louisville are just in, are, are just the only other teams in front of them. And there's a good chance they could start off five and zero. I mean, and and Duke has been doing it, and Duke has been playing some some decent ball over these past four games. But they they have a tough task ahead of them versus Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I think this is a must win. Because I think if they lose this game, there's going to be some questions. And of course, that could be the end of their college football playoff hopes. I think I like Sam Hartman. I think I like I like I like what I'm seeing from him. So I think Notre Dame's gonna bounce back in this one. I think no I think Notre Dame, you know, bounces back from um last week's loss. And I think they go into Duke and they beat the Duke Blue Devils. I think they win this game 27-23. Now that's it for college football. Now I'm going to close with some boxing. That's right. We got a big boxing match coming up here. And that's the um, one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world. Canelo Alvarez will defend his super middleweight undisputed championship versus Jamel Chalo, who's also a champion as well in the, middle, in the middleweight division. He's the undisputed Um. Middle uh, middleweight champion. Of course, with um Char- with um Charlo, he's gonna be moving up two weight classes to fight um Canelo Alvarez. But of course, anybody that knows the story, his twin brother was was supposed to be the one to fight Can- Can- Canelo Alvarez, but some issues came up with him. So now um J- Jamil is gonna be the one taking this fight. Now, one thing, even though he is moving up 
two weight classes, and that is that may be a concern. Don't sleep on Chavo. Chavo's a very skilled fighter. This guy's he's got the hands, got some speed, he's got raw power, and he's got good footwork. And he's gonna need all of that if he's gonna pull off the upset, because everybody knows. Canelo is a, is a strong power puncher. I mean, when he hits you, you're going to feel it. And one of the things um, Chalo has to do is he's got he's to be able to move. Use that footwork. Use that, use that speed. And he's got to make sure that he doesn't let Canelo corner him. Because one thing Canelo is good at is cornering guys, stalking them down, backing them down until he, and beating them up with the body, using the, hitting them with the body shots, until he fought, until Canelo finally is able to beat him down. So, if if Charlo wants to stay in this fight, he's gonna he's gonna have to stick and move. One one of the, one of the things I also see in some of um, Charlo's fights is he can be a little sloppy with his punches. I mean, he go he goes all in, and of course he leaves himself open sometimes to shots. That's the one thing he cannot do. He leaves himself open to Canelo. All it takes is one, and he'll be and he'll be on the canvas. I think this fight is going to go all twelve rounds, but I think Canelo, because of his experience. At the, at not, not only in, just in boxing in general, but in this division. But I think his size and I think his punching power is going to make the difference. So I'm going to go with Canelo Alvarez to win this, win this fight. 12-round unanimous decision. And when it's all said and done, Canelo Alvarez will still be the undisputed super middleweight champion. Now this will conclude episode 181 of Sports Takes Color. I'm your humble host Gabe. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for downloading. I appreciate it very much. You can follow this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever you stream your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at ggsports13 and you can follow my Facebook page Sports Takes Color with Gabe. I'd like to thank everyone for listening, downloading. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy all the games. Enjoy the um, boxing match between Canelo and Charlo. And I'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.